Jesus, we think about that, the one who died on the tree for us, the one who was raised up from the dead, the one we're called to be like, lives inside of us. Woo, that just gets me excited, hallelujah. That is incredible. We got the same Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. We got that divine empowerment to fulfill destiny. Listen, we're supposed to go out into this world and make a difference. We're not supposed to go out there and say, hey, world, let me, let me debate with you. My ideas versus your ideas. We're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to go out there and say, hey, world, let me show you. Let me demonstrate to you how good my God is. Woo! I am fed up. With people who think all we need is the Bible in the Bible alone. I'm talking about the words in the Bible. It's time that we preach the word with accompanying signs and wonders. Isn't that the way we're supposed to do it? I mean, if you go back and you study your Bible, the Apostle Paul, this is totally off my notes, but you're with me, right? The Apostle Paul went to Mars Hill. And he was talking to the Athens. I don't know if you remember this account or not. But when he got there, he started to go around because they had all kinds of gods. And he went around and started looking at all of these gods. And there was one god where there was nothing there. And it said to the unknown god. Well, what did Paul do? Paul began to converse with these Athenians about the unknown god. In him we live and move and have our being. But guess what Paul didn't do? Paul didn't talk about Christ and Christ crucified and raised from the dead. And you know what kind of results Paul got there? The Athenians looked at him and said, hmm, this is a curious thing. We might come back and listen to you again. Is that what Paul was looking for? Did you know that that place, Athens, is the only place that Paul never planted a church isn't that something and you know what happened you know where he went from Athens he went to Corinth I want you to go real quickly again this is off the the Holy Spirit glory to God go to first Corinthians praise the Lord praise the Lord says this first Corinthians chapter 2 so again remember Paul didn't get any results he got little to no results, I'll say it that way. Very little results. But here in Corinth, it wasn't going to be the same. Uh-uh, no, no, no. He said in verse 1 of verse two, uh, uh, chapter 2, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech, like I just had over there in Athens, or of, uh, uh, of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. But get this, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Oh, my, my, my. And you want to see the results he got in Corinth. Oh, he established his church there big time. And it was one of the, they were very spiritually immature. 
But they flowed in the gifts of the Spirit big time. They moved in the gifts of the Spirit all the time in their services. He got all kinds of results. People getting born again and miracles and signs and wonders were done through the hands of Paul. Glory to God. Isn't that the way it's, isn't that the way it's supposed to be today? Why have we relegated the power of God? I mean, it's like, God, we don't need your power anymore. All we need is, your, is to be able to stand up here and use my wisdom to preach and teach something in your, from your Bible. Now, I'm not coming against preaching the Word. I'm a preacher of the Word of God. But I, what I'm trying to get across, it's time for it not just to be the preaching of the Word. It's time for it to be the preaching of the word with, everybody say with, with accompanying signs and wonders. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not looking at God say, God, we don't need your power. Turn the power down. I'm looking at God say, turn the power up. Come on. I want to see the miracles. I want to see the signs and wonders. I want to be used by God to do these kinds of things. I have been used by God to do these kinds of things. But I am not satisfied. I am ready for God to show up and show off. And not just in my life, but in the life of every one of you out there. That you get this revelation. I am a child of God. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. It's time for me to do the works of Jesus. Glory to God, that's so good. We are called to do the works of Jesus. We are called to do the works of Jesus. Every single one of you is called to do the works of Jesus. We're called to do the works of Jesus. We are called to do the works of Jesus. We are called to do the works of Jesus. We're called to do the works of Jesus. You and me were called to do the works of Jesus. Do you believe on Jesus? Then you're called to do the works of Jesus. I'm not trying to just stand up here and be repetitive. I'm trying to get this to sink down into your heart. You, everybody say me. You're called to do the works of Jesus. The only way that's going to happen is if you first know how Jesus did what Jesus did. That's what this study's been about. We've been on this study, like I said, for over a year. But we've been looking at all kinds of different things where Jesus is concerned. We've talked about the, we looked at how Jesus prayed. We looked at how Jesus always walked in love. We looked at how Jesus was always found faithful. We looked at how Jesus handled the challenges and and the sufferings in this life. We looked at how Jesus operated in divine authority. We've looked at, started to look at, and we're still in this area, how Jesus ministered healing. Amen. I want to be just like him. I don't want, I want people, see, let me, that, it, it is so amazing to me that we have gotten to the, 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 the thinking that in order to have a, 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 a good church, all you have to have is good preaching. And, and what I'm trying to say is that, what I'm saying here because there's a lot of churches out there a lot of good churches out there and praise God for people who preach the word under the anointing of God with the anointing of God 
But my point is this. Is that how the early church grew? Just preaching the word. See, I think what's happened is, is people have, have reasoned in their minds, well, we're not seeing the miracles like they did back there in the Bible. Thus, they must, that stuff must have passed away. They must have passed away when the last disciple died. But see, I, I have looked through my Bible, and I cannot find one scripture that supports that. What I do find in my Bible is that God does not change. That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So did Jesus heal when he walked the earth? Did Jesus heal when he walked the earth? Okay, let me ask you this question. Did anybody who came to Jesus to be healed, did Jesus ever look at, them, look at that person and say, it's not my Father's will to heal you? Did that ever happen? Did everybody who came to Jesus to be healed leave healed? That's the way it happened in the Bible, right? So why isn't that happening today? Why isn't that happening today? That's what this whole study's been about. Trying to figure it out, aren't we? And by the grace of God and with the anointing of God upon our lives, hallelujah, my life, to preach it, your life, to receive it, we're going to be changed into his image from one degree of glory to the next. I'm not satisfied with his preaching words anymore. I am determined to see the accompanying signs and wonders. And you understand, praying for people like last week, we prayed for people. It was so funny, I'll, I'll tell off on myself, because the Lord had given me the word the night before. That, 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 that there was a spirit of heaviness and he wanted it off this church. But when I, you know, when I came Friday morning, excuse me, Sunday morning, first of all, James wasn't feeling well, so we didn't have our guitar player. All we had was the iPod. But then, second of all, I'm like going, oh, come on, Lord. I mean, how many people are dealing with the spirit of heaviness? Come on now. And so, finally, I just got, put myself behind me. I don't understand by saying that. And I just went ahead and flowed with the spirit of God. And when I did that, and I spoke that out, how many people were up here? Dealing with the spirit of heaviness. But the bottom line is this. They didn't leave here with the spirit of heaviness. Glory to God. To God be the glory. That's a sign and a wonder. Amen. It's God demonstrating his goodness. Praise the Lord. I desire to see these things happening. I mean, I, I, I don't. This is just me. But see, I don't want a church where people come in sick and leave sick. You know I'm saying that? Shouldn't be that way. I want to get like Azusa Street. You've heard me say this before. When someone comes in in a wheelchair, people are fighting over who gets to go pray for them. Get out of my way. I got this one. My goodness gracious. Could that happen? Should that happen? Why isn't it happening? It's time for us to do things like Jesus did things. Because if I step out in faith and pray like Jesus prayed, love like Jesus loved, operated in divine authority like Jesus did, be found faithful like Jesus was, handle the challenges and the sufferings of this life like Jesus did, minister healing like Jesus did, shouldn't I expect to get the same results? Hallelujah. The point I'm trying to make here, my friends, 
is we as a church overall, not just talking specifically about this, I'm talking about the church overall, has somehow, some way, set the power of God back and said, we don't need that. We don't need that. We don't need that. We don't need that anymore. We don't need that anymore. Oh, yes, we do need that. I mean, I'm telling you right now, oh, my, my, my. For people to say that miracles have passed away, what a lie straight from the pit of hell. Because if anybody ever said that to me, I would just look at them and say, so you're saying people don't get born again anymore? Is that not the greatest miracle of all? For a person's spirit, the real person on the inside, to be born again. Woo! Wouldn't that be really cool to be able to see that? To see in the spirit when someone gets born again? Wouldn't that be cool? Oh, I would love it. I mean, you think about it. Come on, let's pray. Lord, I just invite Jesus into my heart. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just comes on. Whoosh, boosh, and there, bam. New creation on the inside. Hallelujah. And, it, and, it, and you know, I, 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 I think about when Smith Wigglesworth made this statement. Sometimes when, he, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, I, I got to help me to see that, Lord. But he would say, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. Because he got a revelation of who he is in Christ Jesus. He got a revelation of the fact that he is the uh, temple of the Holy Spirit. Oh, my, 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 my. The one who created the universe is living in me. And I tell you what, I'm not settling. I am not settling. I am not going to settle for anything less than a mighty move of God in our services. I am not settling for just preaching the word and the word only. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to preach the word and I'm going to be expecting to see the signs accompanying the preaching of the word. Every single one of you can be changed forever. Should be changed forever. I mean, let me just throw this out there for free and I'm pleased I'm not coming against anybody if anybody's ever done this. But when you're not, I mean, James was just this way the other day, and I'm definitely not coming against my son. But when you're sick on Sunday morning, you ought to jump out of bed right away. Get yourself together and come to church. Why? Because you're coming knowing the healer is in the house. <laughs> you see how I'm saying that? Glory to God. I know that how the body is. I know that the body will scream at you, what are you doing? Get back in bed and pull the covers over you. I know. But friends, we got to say, uh-uh, shut up, body. You are just what I live in. I am a spirit. I'm getting up. I'm going to church because I know when I get to church, the healer is going to have a contact with me, and I shall leave from church healed in Jesus' name. Do you believe God can do that? Do you believe God wants to do that for you? Let me just throw this in for free. Do you know that God has already done it for you? Isn't that amazing? It's already yours. It's already yours. It's already yours. It belongs to you. Oh, my goodness gracious. I love that fact. I don't have to earn it. I don't. I, 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 there's nothing I could do that. I, there's nothing I could ever do to earn my salvation. There's nothing I can ever do to earn my healing or my deliverance 
or my uh, uh, believing for the blessings of the Lord. There's nothing I can do to earn those things. But thank God the price has already been paid. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I tell you what, that anointing is alone. Thanks a lot, Riley. Glory to God. You know, I tell you, you know the thing about it is, that's what our praise and worship team is supposed to do. They're supposed to lead us into his presence. They're supposed to, the modest, whatever that is, a new word I just made up. They're supposed to set the atmosphere, charge the atmosphere with faith and expectancy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes for a minute. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Is there somebody in here that's been dealing with an ear? Something wrong? You're dealing with your ear? Um, I don't. Uh, if that's you, if you're dealing with your ear, I want you to come up here real quick. And it could be more than one person. Hallelujah. If you've been dealing with your ear, it could be something, maybe it's stuffed up, maybe you've had ringing in your ear. Uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Hallelujah. If you're dealing with something, see, this is, you know what this is called? This is the gift of the Spirit in operation right now. Hallelujah. And, and what's so awesome about the gift of the Spirit is God is initiating this. They had no idea I was going to call them up. I had no idea I was going to call them up. But the bottom line is, God, out of His great love for you two, has led me to pray for you two. That means you should be fully expecting that whatever the ear issue you've been dealing with is going to be completely gone right now. Ha, ha, ha. So, hallelujah. So, which ear is it? This one? Well, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, we declare Becky's ear healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You receive it? Have you had a hard time hearing out of it? Or what? Well, I'm telling you right now, you're going to be able to hear really good. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Which ear? Thank you, Lord. Right now, in Jesus' name, we declare he healing in the name of Jesus. Healing in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Glory to God. Glory to God. You're going to be able to hear a lot better out of that ear. You, whatever it is you've been dealing with. What is it you've been dealing with? Anyway? Half a what? We got, we got water sacks in our ears? I didn't know that, so there you go. Well, that's got to go. That's got, in fact, it's going right now in Jesus' name. Right now in Jesus' name. Right now, that vertigo, that other junk can't not stay. In the name of Jesus. It has to go in Jesus' name. That's right. Glory to God. All that kind of stuff, the motion sickness that that kind of uh, uh, comes about because of it must go in Jesus' name. Must go in, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You can go ride roller coasters right now. They're not even going to bother you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. God is good. Amen. We're called to be like Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, I, I, uh, I shared this on Friday, but we've got to get to the understanding. It's no longer just us living in us. No longer us, just us, living in us. The Bible says this in Galatians 2.20. I believe I have that one.
Shelby, do I have that one? Galatians 2.20. I, this is the Apostle Paul, have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. To get to that place, to get this kind of revelation in your life is where you have stepped over to that, other, that, that side where you're going to be able to hear from God and you're going to be able to see what God wants you to do and then you're just going to be so easy to step out in faith and do it. No longer I who live. Christ Oh, is that powerful? I said, is that powerful? I've got the anointed one and his anointing in me. You have the anointed one and his anointing living in you. Stop and think about it. That's why I like to say when people come up to be prayed for, don't think about Pastor Dan laying hands on you. Think of the Jesus Christ himself is laying hands on you. See, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. You see how I'm saying that? These are his hands. Everybody would take your hands and go like this. Those are his hands. Ah, think about that. Lord, give us that revelation. Give us that revelation. I don't, and, and, and listen, listen. It doesn't take you having a, um, how much I say this? It doesn't take you being a spiritually mature giant in the faith in order for this to be true for you. Again, you look at the Corinthian church. They were very spiritually immature. But God was moving in their midst through the gifts of the Spirit. They just had to have correction brought to them on, you're doing it this way wrong, let me help you correct it. That's what the Apostle Paul did by the Spirit of God. He didn't say, stop what you're doing. He said, let me just correct it so you're doing it the right way. And so the point I'm trying to get across is this. You have to believe that no matter where you're at in your walk with God, it doesn't matter if you just got born again today. The bottom line is that God wants to use you to make a difference in this world for Jesus Christ. Glory to God. I got Jesus in me. Do you have Jesus in you? So do you believe that when we find out how Jesus prayed and we then... Turn around and pray like Jesus prayed. Yes, I see that, Lord. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. You study the Bible out. The Bible is very clear. You can read throughout the gospel accounts, especially in the gospel of John. Jesus had a tendency to prophesy the things he was going to do. In other words, there were times, and, and, and let me say it this way too. Let me say it this way. Jesus would simply step out and do what the Bible said, or who the Bible said he was. Fulfill the scriptures. Go to, go to Matthew 8. Go to Matthew 8. Let me prove what I'm trying to say here. Matthew 8, verse 16. <clears throat> when evening had come... They brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. But notice verse 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Jesus fulfilled that scripture, didn't he? 
The Bible says in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Very familiar scripture. Luke. Jesus. Verse 16 says, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, Notice, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus is fulfilling the word. We're called to see who we are in the word. And then step out in faith and fulfill that. In other words, you've got to find out who you are in Christ Jesus. But let me say this. That wasn't the only way Jesus operated. This is what I was going, where I, what the Lord was showing me as I was sitting there uh, saying that to you. Do you think it would make a difference in our lives and in this world if we learned to pray like Jesus prayed? Go to John chapter 5. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. John chapter 5. I believe it's John chapter 5. Yes, it is. Then Jesus answered it. Okay, start up in verse 16 first. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Isn't that just sad? Here Jesus heals somebody, and now they're plotting to kill him. Stop and think about that. Isn't that ridiculous? But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered, and here's what I'm trying to get to, and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? A lot of times, and I know this to be true, people will say, and you've heard me say this before, that they, people believe that Jesus did what he did while he was on this earth as God. And yet Jesus himself said, I can do nothing of myself. Can God not do anything? Does that not just, that, that, that just doesn't make sense to me, does it? Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do, and whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. How are we going to do what Jesus did unless we have that kind of intimacy with the Father? Jesus simply saw what he saw his father. He saw what his father did and then stepped out and did it. Brother Hagin used to talk about when he was uh, uh, ministering. I mean, when he had it like uh, uh, prior to, like he was praying for a service or whatever. That many a time the Spirit of God would come on him and he would get revelations of what was going to be happening in the service. And he said when it came to that point in the service, what he had already seen, he just stepped out and obeyed. 
And there are just all kinds of miracles and things that were done. Is it possible for you and me to get to that kind of a place? That where we, when we enter into prayer to God, we have such intimacy with God that God begins to show us things in our heart. And let me say this to you. Should this be a rare occurrence? Jesus said, I always do those things to please the Father. He lived a life of faith, my friends. But he also lived a life of prayer, seeing the, seeking the face of the Father and seeing what the Father w- was doing and then simply stepped out and did it in faith or hearing what the Father was saying and then stepping out and saying what the Father was saying. That's how we're supposed to live. Now, I want to say something here, and this is very serious. I believe God is speaking to us all the time, but we're just not listening. And I'm telling you, God hit, hit me with this one and it hurt me. When I say hurt me, I'm not talking about, you know what I mean. It grieved my heart. I want this so much in my life, but I don't believe I, my heart is as sensitive to God as it needs to be right now. In other words, I'm not tuned in to the Father the way I'm supposed to be tuned into the Father. I'm allowing these things out here in this world to distract me. And guess whose fault it is? God wants to speak to you. God wants to show you things. You know, one of the the things that the Holy Spirit is sent to do for us is to show us things to come. Did you know that? But God is speaking to us all the time. It's just that we're not tuned into Him. We're not listening. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever been with God and all of a sudden, my goodness gracious, it's just like... He begins to show you things and reveal things to your heart. There's nothing like it. I can still remember when I was at Canaan Land Ministry, different locations. I remember I was out in the boat one time in a canoe. They had this lake. I was out on the lake, and all of a sudden, the revelation came to me that, 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 uh, of who we are in Christ, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, this was years ago. But I still remember being in that boat when that revelation hit me. Then I remember sitting up on the hill and they had this swing and, and, and all of a sudden another revelation came to me. And it, but the, the point is, is that God wants to do that for us all the time. Are we, if we're going to do what Jesus did, if we're going to be just like Jesus, shouldn't we expect to hear from the Father just like Jesus? I was saying to you earlier, why are we not seeing the same kind of results that Jesus did. Could it be that we as the church in whole have simply not been doing it right? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Every, I, I, <laughs> Jesus got so good at this that it became second nature for Jesus. And again, this, remember, Jesus did it as a man. A man just like you and me. Yes, he, was, he had the spirit without measure. That's true. Yes, he operated a, at a level of faith that nobody on this earth has ever attained to. But the bottom line is, Jesus was demonstrating to us how we're supposed to do it. What I'm trying to get across to you is we got to be believing for this. When I come into a service, see, I shouldn't, when the Lord spoke to my heart last week, there's a spirit of heaviness, and I want it out of this church. I shouldn't even, even for a moment have doubted that. 
When I came to church and, and I knew my son wasn't going to be here, I was thinking, well, how are we going to flow, you know, blah, 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 and all this junk. I shouldn't have even have been doing that. I should have shut that down right away. Because why? I heard from God. See, we've got to be confident that we're hearing from God. And the only way that's going to happen is if we have such intimacy with him, we know his voice. That's why you need to confess out of your mouth all the time. I know the voice of the good shepherd. A stranger's voice I will not follow. When Jesus speaks to me, I know it. I know I said this again Friday night, but my heart's desire is to become rain-trained. Just the slightest touch of, 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 of uh, just that slightest nudge by the Holy Spirit. And that's the direction I'm flowing in. I want that kind of sensitivity to the Spirit of God. Because when you become that sensitive to the Spirit of God, I'm telling you right now, and you're quick to obey the Spirit of God, you wait and see how much God's going to start using you. And it doesn't matter where you're at. And you might be thinking, well, I don't know. Throw that away. Who cares what people think about us? You think they're going to care what we're th- what we're, that we want to pray for them when we pray for them and they, we get results? They're little kids in a, a, a wheelchair. And we go up to them and say, listen, ma'am, I, I, I just, God has wanted me to pray for your son. Is that okay if I pray for your son? And you reach down there and you grab that child. And when you touch him in the name of Jesus, that child is instantly healed, jumps up out of the wheelchair, starts to run around. Do you think that mom's going to be upset with you? Oh, I'm telling you right now, we, 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 we can and we should be making such a huge difference in this world. We're the light. We're the light. We're the light of this world. We're called to let our light shine before all men. Whenever we move, I know sometimes we sit there and we wait on God to move. We're waiting on God to move. We're waiting on God to move. God, we're waiting on you to move. I guess God doesn't want to move because we don't see anything happening, so God must not be moving. God's living in you, isn't he? So isn't it true that every time you take a step, God's moving? Hello? I know that might be simple, but isn't it true? Is God with you? Is the God of the universe with you? Is the all-powerful God in you? Is that power in you? When, oh, let me ask you a question. When you go to church, is he with you? What about when you go to Walmart? No, God don't go into Walmart, man. Have you ever been in a Walmart before? No. See how silly we get? And I know, listen, it's one of the greatest fears we have to overcome Fear of man. What are they going to think about me? I used to be like that before I gave my life to the Lord. You've heard me say this. I used to make fun of, of the way some Christians in the room could worship and, and you know, laughing at them. And the church I went to, there's, there's these, especially this one guy, he used to do what I called the Holy Ghost hop. His little legs would be going, you know, to the music. And I, I'm just sitting there, what's that guy laughing, you know? And, and, and then God got a hold of my life. God became real in my life. And I remember it, it didn't bother me in the least for me to stand before people and just let the tears flow out of my eyes because of how good he's been to me, how much he loves me. 
one who did all that junk I did because of me. I'm going to let the tears flow. If he wants me to shout, I'm going to shout. Amen. He wants me to run, I'm going to run. He wants me to lay hands on somebody, I'm going to lay hands on them. I'm going to become ever more sensitive to God. I'm going to become just like Jesus. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm prophesying it out of my mouth right now. I'm going to come just like Jesus. I'm not saying I'm going to get perfect. I'm perfect. I got the perfect one living in me. But I am going to get to that place where my heart is ever so sensitive to the Spirit of God that when he nudges me, I know it's him. I'm going to step out with confidence and boldness. And you're going to start, I'm going to start seeing a whole bunch more miracles happening through me. Do you want to prophesy that over yourself? You should prophesy that over yourself. Everybody say, I believe my heart is become ever more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And just the slightest nudge, I will quickly obey Him and do whatever He's asking me to do. I expect to do miracles, to do signs and wonders for my King. I expect to be used by God to reach this world. For Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Father. This is happening in my life as I become more like Jesus. Do things just like Jesus. Say this I expect to do the works of Jesus. I expect to cast out demons. I expect to deliver the bound. I expect to heal the sick. In the name of Jesus, it is coming to pass in my life. I prophesy it. It is coming to pass. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, that was different. Hey, well, Kelby, guess how far I got into my message today? Right here. Woo! So, Kelby, you can't leave now. You got to come back to get the rest of the <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, glory to God. God is good. Don't let what's happening in your life weigh you down. Steal from you. Hinder you. You know, again, my God, how I say this, because I know she gets mad at me when I do this sometimes. But my wife is a magnet to people. She really is. Because of the love of God, she, she flows in. And she has had, probably for years, been dealing with some of her family. I'm not going into any details. But she's been there. Listening to them for hours. I'm not talking a little bit of time. Hours. I mean, if you added it all up, it would probably be weeks and months just talking to different individuals. They always come to her. Because she's, when she gives out what she gives out, it's from God. It's love, the love of God. Yes. But just recently, she's starting to see change that's happened. It's been a long time. I don't know how many years she's been dealing with this. She said, this is what this person's been saying to me. This is how, this is what they're, they're, they're recognizing and understand where they've been in there. And making this adjustment in their lives. <laughs> All those years? You know what happens when, when you're dealing with somebody for a long time, period of time and you don't see any changes? In fact, sometimes it gets worse. You know what tries to come on you? Discouragement. You want to give up. You want to kick them in the, in the backside and get away from me. I don't want to talk to you anymore. But the love of God never fails. The love of God never quits. Never gives up. 
So all you got to do is say, God, I'm going to keep walking in the love of God. And I'm going to keep being there for these people. And I trust you to give me wisdom and knowledge to speak into their lives. Amen. I tell you, God rewards faithfulness. Someone else come do this to us. God rewards faithfulness. Your life is the great example. Greatest example of faithfulness that I know. And I'm letting you know right now that there's great rewards coming to your life. Things that have that the world has labeled impossible, you're going to see change into mere possibilities. God has got great things in store for your life. In fact, this is what I just heard in my spirit. They're even bigger than what you could imagine. You have a book, Imagine Big. You're supposed to be really imagining big. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I just like to make my wife proud. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. You know, um, yesterday, I believe it was yesterday, it might have been. Big Dave, when did you call me? Yesterday? He just calls me out of the blue. He just says to me, Pastor Dan, I just wanted to tell you I love you. I'm so thankful you're my pastor. Just out of the blue. You don't know what that does for me. I have a church member just call me out of the blue and say, I just want you to know I love you. That you're an awesome man of God. That you're a, a great pastor. That blesses me to no end. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, he, he didn't realize it, but he was being, by, being used by God to minister to me. Hallelujah. Shouldn't that be the way we are with one another? You know, one of the things the Lord has led me to do, and I know sometimes, you know, the devil tries to jump on my shoulder and say, you don't know what you're doing. All of the different pastor and ministry friends that, that I have, I, I endeavor to send them a note of encouragement, a word of encouragement for Sunday morning. You know, just you're an anointed man or woman of God, have an awesome service, you know, expect to see the glory, something along those lines. And, and uh, so I, was, I send them out, and then uh, Randy Neal, the guy from, did I already share this? The guy from uh, uh, Christians United for Israel. I sent him that note. And just, a, you know, you're an awesome man of God, have a great service. And he texts me back, he says, Mind if I look real quick and share it with you? This is this is what it is. Oh my goodness gracious! You know all those people that I met, texted, and they're all texting me back. Praise the Lord, Hallelujah! How do I open my phone up? <laughs> um, I said this. I said, "Hey, Randy, I sent you." I said, just wanted to tell you that you're an anointed minister of the gospel and a tremendous blessing to the body of Christ. Thanks for all you do. God loves you and so do we. He said, Pastor Dan, thank you, my friend. Your encouraging words are very timely. I would be grateful. Then blah, blah, blah. He says a few other things. Then he says, thank you. And he has those hands like that. He says, your text yesterday was amazing in its timing, angelic even. Hallelujah. And so the bottom line is, these kinds of things, we, we need to be doing it with one another. 
Be sensitive to the Spirit of God and what He's moving upon us to do. Be bold about it. Boy, we got to take this to the Lord. We have the world's answer. His name is Jesus. And we got to be bold about this, sharing Jesus with others. Do you want Jesus to come back? Like, quickly. I mean, real quickly. I'm ready. I want him to come. I want to fulfill my destiny, don't get me wrong. But I sure know what awaits us is far better than what we're in right now. But if we have that kind of mentality, eternity mentality, that Jesus could come at any moment, and we're going to step off into eternity, don't we be all the more about the master's business and being bold about it? Letting our light shine before all men? Letting the Spirit of God use us to do the miraculous? The world doesn't need to say everything's going to be okay. Adam, everything's going to be okay. They can hear that from Joe Blow Center down the road. They need to. They need to know that when we come to them, we're coming to them, and we're going to get some results. Because when we pray for them, something happens. It's not a hit and miss thing. We fully believe it's going to happen, and it happens. Amen. Glory to God. It's going to take us getting a hold of this and saying, God. May not be there yet. I have to admit, I'm not 100% there yet, but I'm getting closer. It's a journey. It's a journey. Do you want it? Do you want it? Can I ask you, Riley, when you were up there and the Spirit of God was coming on you, did you, th- did you think you're going to be shouting and waving your arms like that and your hair flying over in your face and all that stuff? But aren't you glad you did it? There's nothing like being used by God. There's nothing like having that anointing come on your life and God empowering you to do the miraculous. God wants to do it. If you are a child of God, God wants to use you. Every one of you. Hallelujah. All to be like Jesus. I want to be more like him. So next week, Lord willing, I'll get beyond the middle of my first paragraph. Hallelujah. But I believe... I know he's wrapping this teaching up. I believe a lot of the things I'm getting out right now is a part of it, wrapping everything up. But I want to show you some different things in the area of healing that's going to help us tie these things together because I believe it's not only in the area of healing but in all areas. Some of the things that God needs us to do is step up to the plate and do it just like Jesus did it. Amen? Praise the Lord. So close your eyes, bow your heads. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the word. No one looking around, just with your eyes closed. I know we're Christians in this place. I don't see.